0: On this episode of the Hustle of the Day podcast, I have Jonide Iqbal. Jonaid focuses on what people bring to the table, not where they went to school. You're going to want to listen to this one. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. I've got Jonaid Iqbal. And this got is it? like the fourth take. I've messed
1: it up so many times. No, no, you got it. You, you got just got to jump in here and tell me a little yeah. bit about yourself. Yeah, so I help. People without college degrees find meaningful jobs that pay well. I'm the founder of nodegree.com and the No Degree Podcast. And my life's mission is to remove the stigma attached to people without college degrees. I love
0: that you have that life mission. And we were talking before, you know, I personally don't have my college degree. And so I really resonate with this. I think this is an awesome idea and that you are somebody who's standing up for, you know, that that person that doesn't have that degree but still has the skill set
1: what what kind of made you dedicate your life's mission to this you know so I found the domain about six years ago I was on reddit and someone asked the question for those of you without college degrees who make over six figures what do you do and how'd you get the job and there were jobs like I'm a claims adjuster I repair elevators uh, you know I'm a bus driver for this certain thing or I've been working x how'd you get the job oh my teacher told me I should check this out oh my cousin, my uncle, you know, a lot of the right place at the right time. There was no formula for it. So I was like, why can't I be that teacher or that friend or that uncle or that cousin? Right. Because what if you don't have that uncle or cousin? Do you not deserve to not get the job? Right. Do you deserve you? still you should not be denied the opportunity. So then I was like, oh, I want to trades.com right away. It was like available. I'm like, they're going to ask like a hundred K for this. I'm like a barely scraping by college student. I can't afford I a no-degree.com, put in an inquiry, got an email a few days later, didn't respond, and then they came back with the price 1833 or so, 1800 bucks, something around there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I called like a couple of my buddies, one didn't answer, the other two answered, and we got the domain. We bought it for like 1433. We negotiated, and that's how it started. It was like as soon as I saw the domain was available, I was like, yo, this is my lottery ticket. This is what's gonna make me, you know, I'm gonna hit it big. And the idea just really developed over time. But the goal is really to be like a resource for those without college
0: degrees. That's very awesome. And then you not only, you know, started several years ago, but uh, it's now become your full-time deal, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, I gave a corporate job where I was making good money. I had a good trajectory, but you know, I'm just a hustler, man. It's like at corporate, it's like being in the cage. It's like, you have to follow all these rules that are put in place because there's one guy that, made the rule for and it just like I'm not a morning person I'm just different like for I'm always reading about marketing search engine optimization public speaking all these things I'm always reading about and it's like okay at corporate it's like okay but you showed up at 905 yesterday doesn't matter how much you know about you know marketing that's not part of your job so it's like for me I needed to sort of do this yeah that's very cool
0: and you know that's something that, uh, you know, you mentioned a little bit ago about, you know, you know, somebody who knew somebody that told you about this job. Uh, at one point, you know, I, I've had a lot of entrepreneurial experiences, but at one point I needed to have just a job to get an income going. And I worked retail, I worked at uh, Best Buy and yeah. I'd, Found out through working there that you could rise to the level of a store manager without um, Having a college degree and so I was like, oh great and you know, they make six figures and you know that that seems like a good career path and I Quickly learned that you know, like you said, it's the cage analogy. I yeah, it just wasn't for me has
1: literal cages for the video game, so
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very true Uh, they have quite a quite a few things locked up in cages, and uh, sometimes it's it, it, with the uh, the spirit that you and I have, it it feels like a cage just working yeah. there. So, uh, so w- at what point did you decide to make no degree your full time
1: full time so, job? Now, unfortunately, I wish I could have made it full time in 2014. Right, I was getting my master at Columbia University. Actual science. I, I actually went to college, right? My undergrad is in applied math economics. So I'm a very analytical guy who just happens to have some things on top of that. And it was just like, it takes time to have a startup make money, right? Because I'm young. There was a lot of things I didn't know. Despite knowing a lot at the time for my age, I still needed to learn a lot more, right? So I needed a job, unfortunately, like a regular job, because And it was just one of those things that I was developing over time. Like I spent my free time reading about this. I spent, you know, worked on my public speaking and presentation skills, just kept on reading about different things. And then in 2019, is it 2019? No, 2018, August, 2018, I cashed out my retirement. But before that, so as an actuary, you have to pass exams. Mm -hmm. So these exams take about 100 to 300 hours of studying. And in order to maintain your job, you have to pass an exam every 18 months. And they're like eight exams. So it's like one of those things. You pass an exam, you get like a three to six K raise. And once you okay. pass a certain amount, you're like in the middle, you get like a super raise and all that. So it was a very stable career. My, my job wasn't too busy. You know, even though it was 40 hour work week, you know, depending on the week, you may have only had 20 to 30 hours of work. And then you spend the extra time studying outside, right? So what I did was I passed enough. Ex- I passed like one exam at 18 months and I refreshed my clock cycle. And then, so I'd work on my stuff, refresh. And then towards the end, I was like, I was getting to a point where I was going to fail. And I was like, look, I can't study for these exam because that's a hundred to 300 hours that I could put into my business. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to do this career. So then I took another job where I didn't have to study just, right. So then I took another job, you know, just to pay the bills, right. I was making like 85K. So I was right. More than just paying the bills. But again, it was just like, I, it, again, it was like, I was a contractor for the city. Again, you have to come in at this time. You have to take this hour of lunch, no flexibility. I just, I liked the people and the stuff, but I just didn't like that aspect. It wasn't me. Man, I'm not a morning person. I was like late every day and I'm, I'm just not me. It's like, I'd rather have a meeting at 2am than 9am or 10am. I can do that easily. And then it was just, I took another job actually with my dad's friend who has a, who had a startup and it was good right and i still keep in contact with him today i'll probably have to call him after the call uh after this podcast recording but again it came to a point where i was like you know i just needed the time to work on it i I was like i have so many things to do and i know what can be done and i'm just losing this time at work so i i was like screw it i cashed out my retirement it was like whatever it was like 20k but not just to pay off some bills and i was broke for like a almost like a year You know, just you know, small things. I had like an ATM business, my friend, so I'd make a couple hundred dollars a month of that. And I'd tutor here and there, just whatever to like some for the pocket change. And I was dipping into my savings, you know, slightly running up the credit card. But thankfully now my company's cash flow positive. I mean, it's not like I'm making a crazy amount, but I'm paying off the bills. I'm not spending money, so and I can cover all the expenses of the company and have a little for myself. That's awesome.
0: Then congratulations on doing that and just realizing that that wasn't the path for you and that, you know, you, you took the leap, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to take the leap and cash out saving or cash out their retirement and uh, give up that stability. So I applaud you for being able to do that. So one Uh, thing I'll
1: say is that it's not for everyone because look, I'll be, I'll be, I was very fortunate. I was 27 at the time. I specifically lived at home because I knew, look, first few years of any startup is rough. And if I had, and I live in NYC, if I had an additional, whatever, 2K a month in expenses after all that, that's 2K a month that I cannot put into my business. And I know I'm going to do well. So it's like, I'd rather buy my parents a house and pay back, right? I don't mind sacrificing. I'm not here to please anyone. Who cares that I live at home despite being 29, almost 30. What I care is about what am I doing when I'm 35? What am I doing? Because, you know, moving out, I would have never been able to quit, right? I would have never been able to. And, right, so that's how I look at it. It's like, you got to think long-term. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: that's, that's great that you're able to have that mindset, and yeah. that mind frame to look at it long-term. Uh, so many people are focused on tomorrow or next yeah. week or the weekend or whatever the case yeah. may be so you you cashed out your retirement you are doing all these little side hustles trying to get by yeah what would you say has been your biggest failure in uh your own business and what did you learn
1: from it you know it's tough because failures happen all the time but you know it's just, it's just a part of entrepreneurship um i would say i th- spent like 20k on bitcoin (laughs) on different cryptocurrencies and i did it at the wrong time if i did a few months earlier i would have been like super well off but you know it is what it is uh you know it's the ability to bounce back so i mean i just see it as look i learned my lesson and look i when i did it i knew what i was like look this can either go really well or really bad and it's not like i didn't know what i was getting myself into it's not like hey i was so blindsided i knew what i i took the risk and it went down and, but that's the part of life. Uh, You know, the main thing I knew is I could have, I could afford the downside risk, Mm -hmm. right. That I could afford, right. Look, if I had a family that super depended on me, if I had kids, I would not have done that move. So I'm always very calculated, right. That comes from the analytical side that I know here's the up scenario. Here's the down scenario. And I'm always ready to sort of bounce back and move forward. Yeah, that's awesome. And
0: you know what, that's, that's good that you are calculated in it. Um, i could probably stand to be a little more calculated because I do have three kids and a wife and you know, yeah. that's so sometimes make I still, I, make. I still jump yeah. in though sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I <laughs> it's, it's part of the, part of the fun is the, the yeah. risk involved in it. But.
1: Yeah. Another failure that I really want to add is that I, so some of you know, you're a hustler. We, we know so many things, right? We learn about so many different aspects, so many different scenarios because you sort of have to, but the one mistake I did was I didn't focus on a few things. And that sort of, cause it's, you know, we hustlers have the shiny toy syndrome. Oh, there's this new thing. We could do this. We could do that. But the only ideas that are worth anything are the ones you stick to or the ones you follow up with. Right. So you want to at least you can do many things, but at least have a few things that you spend a little more time on that you're a little better on because it's, it's just easier that there, you don't like doing everything. Right. And it's better to focus on things that you like doing because you can focus more on them like you can easily work 40 to 60 hours if you're focusing on a few core things that don't drain you versus if you did some tasks that you don't want to spend the majority of your time on those tasks you want to minimize those tasks so one of those things is i should have spent more time focusing in and honing on on a few areas Because once you get super good at those things you free up time in other areas or you make enough money or get enough roi from those activities that you can outsource the ones that you're not getting to
0: absolutely completely agree agree with that uh, so um uh, ed mylett uh, he I was on a call with him at one point and he said that you know the it's a common misconception that the average millionaire has seven sources of income what they yeah. do is they are laser focused on one thing that makes them that millionaire then then they can diversify yeah. then I mean, they can spread it out it's not yeah
1: trying to do seven things at once. Yeah, maybe, look, you might maybe have like two or three things, but you literally, because each thing you do has a different funnel, right? I've done many things, right? I've done tutoring, right? I've resold sneakers. I've just whatever, right? I've helped people move. But the thing is, each has a different funnel. So if I want to get into tutoring, I have to focus on networking with parents. I have to focus on this. I have to focus on keeping up to date, keeping up with the news, keeping up the trends in that industry, right? And- the other thing is when I had the ATM business with a friend, again, that's a different thing that takes up a certain amount of time. That's a different way to get more locations and all that. That's a different aspect. And then reselling sneakers, you got to follow sneaker forums and all that. So it's like each has a different thing. And if you spread yourself across all three, you're just going to be sort of average or suck at all three just because each has a different time versus if you just got so good at reselling sneakers, you could do all that. Or if you got so good at tutoring or, in the funnel aspect right not necessarily the ability the funnel aspect focusing on that then it's like you have all the network of uh parents you have all the network of sneakers resellers and other partners that you sort of need all the store so it's like you can't really there's only so much time you have so be smart with your funnels absolutely
0: i i love that it's it's common logic you know do you only yeah. everybody has the same 24 hours in a day and if you divide it amongst so many things, you're not gonna be yeah. you're not going to excel at yeah. any one thing um so you went to college you you know you had a good career at what point did you feel like the person who didn't have a degree was underserved i mean it being usually okay usually it's born yeah, so from you know you didn't have a degree and you know, you
1: couldn't get the job, so you you relate to it that way. So how did you f- yeah. find that relation? So for me, it's like as soon as I saw the domain and I read that thread, it was like, boom. Because I kind of saw, look, school, It's some people should go to school. Some people should not. It's just one of those things. There's no one-size-fits-all. Because when you have a one-size-fits-all solution, you have winners and losers. And what happens is the losers, it really hurts them. They're in debt. They're shunned upon. And even the ones who don't get in school, they're looked upon as, oh, you're not as smart. You, you know, a lot of conversation, where would you go to school? Like, why is that? Like, you're asking someone 40, 50 years old, where would you go to school? That's something they did like 20, 30 years ago. Why does it matter? Focus right. on what they're doing now. And a lot of times they assign characteristics. Oh, you went to Harvard. You must be ethical. There are plenty of Harvard people, Harvard lawyers who defend the worst types of criminals, who get them off. Who, you know, so it's like, why do you assign them? What's so ethical of someone who goes to Harvard and works at Goldman Sachs? There's there's nothing ethical. They're just purely going for money. They're not there to change the world, which is okay, but don't think of them as morally superior in any way. Or don't think of them, like I meet so many people of all backgrounds and it's like, I don't even care about the degree. I care about them as a person, them as a human being. So I don't like how people are really defined by where they went to school. Cause look, I went to Columbia and honestly, it's full of a bunch of rich kids kids who have spent more in a weekend than you know that our parents earned in a month right that they have no worries like i knew kids whose parents were paying 3 to 10k a month in rent and on top of that they had spending money so and then you know you want to talk about fairness it's like come on they had tutors their whole life they had a thing pampered for they didn't have to worry about like buying you know whatever they never like to them it's a whole different lifestyle so it's like i realize how privileged some people were That the, even the ability to spend four years in school is a privilege right mm-hmm. because it's like look if i could have been in a situation if my father passed away at 18 how would my life be right if i had a tragedy if i wasn't born in this country if i wasn't born in this country but if i didn't live in the u.s or if i grew up in a different part you just don't know so it's like i just realized that people come from all circumstances and everybody should at least have some access to opportunity, right? Because Absolutely. a lot of people who go to these schools, it's very. if you look at the stats, only like a small percentage of people actually come from like the bottom 20%. Majority of kids come from the, like the top 10% of wealth. And it's like, how is, it, how, is it, how is it fair? It's not true of meritocracy, right? If you don't have access to a violin lesson that costs 100 to $200 an hour when your parents are barely scraping by a minimum wage, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Very, very good point. I I appreciate uh, you saying that. And you know what? It's it's true. It is what it is. You know. It, so I appreciate that you are fighting for, you know, what many would be many would consider to be the underdog. You know, yeah. the the person that doesn't have that degree. So you've you've got this personality where you're trying to fight for those that are underserved. You have been in a situation. Where you've been around all these privileged individuals, and you came out with this completely different attitude of "I'm going to focus on my own thing." It's it's just a a bunch of an- anomalies put together almost. Like yeah, that's who, life. Who yeah? <laughs> so who was it that would would you say was most influential on who you became today?
1: Honestly, there's not one person just because I kind of see that we are the summation of many, many different people. Right. Obviously, you my parents. Right. I've seen my father work um, and, you know, they really pushed me to do a lot of things. I'm fortunate that they did. You know, we didn't we weren't rich, but they did pay for two. They're always on top of me in school. And, you know, like their parents are a big factor. Right. If you have crappy parents, it just really set you back, right? I've seen people who are hardworking, but their parents just, look, my parents aren't the best, but they sure aren't the worst, right? They definitely Mm -hmm. did what they could with the best of their knowledge and abilities, right? Like my father, he was like a butcher, a limo driver, taxi driver, convenience store. Now he's been doing construction for like 20 years. And, you know, he worked in several different countries. So he was just, you know, I wouldn't be here without him, you know? And, you know, obviously my mother... And, you know, even just like my parents. Right. Like I realized that school came easier to me than a lot of people. When I took tests in school, I was typically like the, I was the one. It was like, all right, how fast can you finish the test and how high. Right. So I'd be like <laughs> the first one done or top three done. Like and I'm talking about even in the whole grade, like I would be able to almost finish the test like top five. Right. So for me, I realized that it came easier. Like I didn't have to study as much. And I realized that sometimes it's just look, you just get blessed, right? Some people just pick up, right? They're like LeBron James, right? As hard as he works, if he wasn't, if he didn't get those physical genes, Mm -hmm. he might've still been average, right? He would have had the work ethic and still be good, but he needed to be 6'8". He needed to have those genes on top of that. So a lot of people just don't realize that sometimes you just have these opportunities and then the other thing is uh two of my big inspirations are uh, i read the autobiography of malcolm x and you know this is definitely a very time that was one of the books i read in high school and it was just like wow you know like this guy went to prison turned his life around he learned the law he learned philosophy and you know people still watch him for years and the guy learned it in prison he just read and read and he was like look i'm gonna make a change another one is definitely muhammad ali just how he stood up for his beliefs and just the fact that, you know, he's one of the best public speakers of all time, right? One of the most charismatic people, right? And never went to college. Right. And, and if you think about it, it's like, he definitely achieved a lot more than anybody with a PhD ever could achieve, right? The amount of impact he had in the world, right? The amount of people he inspired. So it's like, I really have a, I really love those without college degrees who sort of do it and they can speak eloquently, right? They can, have debates with people who have much more right education than them on paper, but it's like they know, right? They it doesn't stop them from learning and improving and making change in the world. Absolutely, that's very cool. And you've got a picture of Muhammad
0: Ali behind yeah. you there. That's yeah. uh, that's very cool. I I didn't think of you know you don't think about it that way that the amount of impact that they've had and without you know, having that college degree behind him. then I mean, that's, that's really cool way to think of it. And, a, a cool, uh, spokesperson yeah, I mean, look, in a
1: way of, yeah, no, you know, degree. when you, yeah. when you do actual things, people don't care where you go. Right. No one cares where Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger went to school, right? No one mm-hmm. cares about that. Right. It's just, what are you doing for the world? And the, what change are you making at that point? if you have to fall back on that college degree and you're like 50 years old, you have to fall back on, Hey, this guy. And it's like, like, I don't even like introducing that. I went to Columbia. And most people are like, well, oh, you went there as a gift, but you know, it's like, it's not, it doesn't define me and it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's not what I did. All it did was give me a bunch of student loans. Right. That's what it did to yeah. me. <laughs> yep. I, I'm well aware
0: of that. Uh, yeah. so You've been you've been trying to maximize your impact that uh, you can have with this with this platform that you have, but um, you've mainly been doing it through your podcast and through yeah. LinkedIn. What yeah. if you? How crucial have those been in you know funneling
1: those people into yeah. no degree? So the podcast is super important because what happens is as you grow, right, and an entrepreneur, your time is super valuable, and it's not that I don't want to help people for free; it's that I literally don't have time that i get people multiple people asking me hey how do i prepare for an interview how do i get this job and it's like i'd love to spend time on you i just don't have it and then the other aspect is there are a lot of people who just want your time who are not ready to invest in themselves so i create episodes specifically how to prepare for an interview so if someone wants to use me one on one cool they can use my pricing if i know look not everyone can afford that which is fine so i say look i created this free resource go check it out so that's one thing the podcast saves me conversation. And then I'll tell, you know for anybody who's listening to this podcast, if people say, hey, I listened to that interview, I have no time taking out extra time out of my day, because if someone's investing in themselves, I'll put a little time at no charge into them. Like, hey, this is what you got to do. Because the thing is, I've sent that podcast episode probably 1,000 or 2,000 times. I only have like 200 downloads on that episode. So that means only 10% of the people I've even sent the episode to have even listened to it. So why would I spend, waste my time on someone who can't even spend 40 minutes on a resource that they're asking me for? They just want, they just want their handheld, right? You come across entrepreneurs who want, hey, give me all this thing. It's like, you haven't done any research. You're not putting in the time. So that's one thing. The other thing is, it's like, I want people to hear these stories, right? Content is super important. So I want people to know, hey, how do you become an electrical contractor? How did this guy Who you know, the CEO of Scribe Media, how do you go from scrubbing toilets to being a CEO? What was the life journey? How did this person become a sales trainer? How did this person get to where they are? What skills do they do? Because a lot of times people just don't know. It's lack of knowledge. So I kind of want them to see, hey, I had this job. I leveraged this. Here are the skills that helped me. Here are the mistakes I made. So that's sort of why I created the podcast. And the LinkedIn, honestly, it gives me connection to people who are hiring, right? People who are Sort of connect, it allows me to really connect and network with people, right? We met on LinkedIn. I've gotten all my right. almost all my podcast guests purely off of LinkedIn. And it allows me to really just learn and grow. Like I've learned how to do resumes off a person of LinkedIn. And that's how I make like 90% of the money that my company makes. And it allows me to help people too. So it's like all the things it's like LinkedIn. LinkedIn has definitely helped me grow and really connect with people. And now I'm like a 19,000 followers I'm continually growing. So it gives me a platform and a funnel. And now companies sort of take me more seriously. Like when I reach out, they're like, oh, okay, this is not just random Joe Schmo. This is someone who has a platform, who has followers, and companies respond to that. And people yeah. respond to that. Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, we
0: we met through LinkedIn through a, a mutual friend who said, hey, you've got to have this guy on. And, you know, I'm I'm definitely getting... I'm definitely going to send him a thank you card after this because yes. this has been awesome. But uh, I I listened to uh, a couple episodes of your your podcast uh, prior to this, and I I love that you know you are highlighting that uh, aspect of people you know where they got their start. Um, like uh, one of the more recent ones, uh, Joseph Gonzalez, that yeah. you had on. That was yeah. that was a really MIT cool one. Up. Yeah, it was very really cool to hear his story of how you know his path went and. Anyway, yeah, I, I really appreciate that you're doing your podcast. Um, as much as I enjoy doing the podcast, I love hearing other people's stories as well, and that's kind of why I do this podcast. I love to hear yeah. other people's stories of um, how they're go- they're navigating through business. And Personally, LinkedIn hasn't been a, a strong suit of mine, but I've, yeah. I've met some great individuals through it, and it is something that I think if you are starting today, you do need to spend some time yeah.
1: on it for sure. I would spend like forty hours a week some weeks. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I spend and look. I got three of my business. I have another sort of business that integrates into mine. I do virtual events, like mm-hmm. virtual career fairs and all that. So I started that again. Three partners on that I know purely from LinkedIn, and now it's like we're actually making money. It's another part of my business that integrates into the overall picture and vision of No Degree, because I want to host a No Degree Career Fair. Where all the speakers don't have college degrees, and they talk about, and all the companies who come are open to hiring those without college degrees. So it's like, you know, it's just one of those things. You put the time in, you get, you know, how to add value, you know how to connect with people. And I think I would say one of the reasons I have success is I'm always giving back. Like I'm always like trying to say, hey, who would you like to have on your podcast, or who, how can I help you? Who or I'll help their friends and stuff. And that's why people help me, right? I'm not going out pitching. Hey, I need X, Y, Z. It's like go look to help others and you'll see that it just magically comes back. Absolutely.
0: That I I completely agree with that. I I've seen that so many times in people that I've been involved with giving back is the best way to have yeah. things reciprocate to you. Um you know Gary Vaynerchuk famously talks about that, you know, of how he gives all his content out for free and it goes back to what uh, you said he's like I know only 1% of the people are actually going to execute on anything yeah. that I say. Yeah. It's so, so true. It, it's crazy that that's the, that's the case, but you, it, you know what? It's, you, the can literally like the,
1: you can literally write a playbook, how to become a billionaire, give it out for free. And even then only 1% will execute.
0: It's, it's crazy, but you know what? That's it, at some point it will resonate with someone. And that's, yeah. that's what makes the difference. Is Yeah. Why, why we're doing this. Um, so if somebody was starting their own thing today, what's the one single piece of advice
1: you would give them? Uh, uh, start small and figure out a smaller version of it. So for me, it's like, how do I get my company? Um, start, how do I get my company to start making money? What I, and it's like, find something that you could do on the side. So it's like, hey, I could have, if I knew, I would have done resumes on the side at my job before, right? To start learning, getting into it. So you can start a podcast on the side. You can start, so start one aspect of your business on the side. Because oftentimes we, we fall in the love of the idea of escaping from work and doing something on our own, but it's so much harder. And oftentimes you may have to even put in more time than you did before. So you have to at least be okay with the idea and spending 40 to 50 hours on it. It's different, right? Spending two to three hours. So do that and find, figure out what's your path to monetization and have an idea and figure out, you really have to know yourself. You have to right. know like what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you like doing, what you don't like doing, because that's how you can segment your tasks. So really just read. Honestly, reading is just something that a lot of people just don't do. I find so many people like, you're gonna see that there are two, I go to a lot of network when I, you know, when things are better, I go to a lot of networking events. I would I would go. And you entrepreneurial focus, and people are always developing the same ideas. So there are two apps that always fail, the business card app, and the mm-hmm. meet, come to this place and meet people with similar interests. I'm pretty sure you've heard those apps. So many people, oh, yeah. look, six years ago, I heard the business card app, six years ago, and I still see people developing it. And it's like, look, I'm not saying that the same idea can't work, but if there's one idea, if there's one or two ideas that have routinely failed, that's when you have to do something completely different than all other people right because you have to know why they fail you can easily copy ideas and be successful because the market is big enough but so many people just don't do any research and it's like if i knew this idea failed every time i would actually look why did it fail is it because of traction xyz and then figure out so it's like do research and read just read 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 it's like as an entrepreneur and network read and network those are the two things that you got to do because you'll go in many different directions but your knowledge will always stay with you and follow with you and your network will always follow through. There are some people I've networked with years ago that I'm reaching back out to now. Why? Because I have a relationship with them and it's no longer a cold call. And it's not like I, when I network with them, I tended to like be like, I'm gonna reach out to this guy in three and a half years. It's just like now our things aligned? Absolutely. That's that's I mean, solid advice.
0: Uh, honestly, that the networking thing has been a more recent thing for me because I've for a long time have, identified as an introvert and, you know, I realized that was a self-fulfilling prophecy and, you know, I've been, I've been a lot more focused on the networking and then, you know, we're, yeah,
1: I mean, that all got shut down for a while, but. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually writing an article on networking for introverts on my website. Perfect. And you know, the beauty is, it's like, you don't have to do it like anyone else. You can choose to do, Hey, I only do one networking event in a week. Because mm-hmm. the beauty is that you don't need thousands of connections. You just need a few good connections who are there to help you out. That's all that matters. Yeah. So speaking of networking, uh, one of the great thing about going to
0: events is the networking aspect. So now yeah. that you're holding virtual events, how do you integrate the networking into that for the audience so it's not so, just
1: a so person the talking platform, to audience? Yeah. So the platform I use, I mean, feel free to message me it's basically a visual platform that you can, there are actual tables that you click around on. So each Mm -hmm. table can only host. So imagine, you know, the zoom breakout rooms. Yeah. So imagine that, but physically, and you can choose which breakout room you go to. So there are like 20 tables and you can click and there's a limit of six. So that's it. So it's a very unique platform that I like jumped on. And so that's sort of how I facilitate that. And the beauty is apparently, I talked to a lot of introverts. They find that, they like it. It doesn't drain them right. the same way. It's not the same thing. And they could move tables at the click of a button, right? They can exit the event. They could close their browser anytime they want. So it is sort of freeing from that aspect. So that's sort of how I facilitate the networking. Absolutely. That's very cool. I, I do want to find out some more information yeah. about that. But I will
0: uh, second that in being introverted. My best friend right now, I actually met through Twitter because yeah. it was just – one of these things where it's like, it's different being electronic. Yeah. You know, I can yeah. you know, social media act like,
1: myself and yeah. you know, yeah. It's, and the, thing, the good thing is on social media, those deep insightful comments, other people resonate with that. Like one of the reasons I grew on LinkedIn is because I wrote like 50 to a hundred comments a day and they weren't like, thanks. You know, I see some people just right. send a thumbs up and a heart, no one knows you from that. Like nothing, they don't learn about you as a person if you just send thumbs up on all these posts. But if you write like, hey, valuable advice. You know, you're a hustler. If you give advice on, Hey, failure uh, success. did you add, if you contribute, people will still start, be like, Oh wow, that's a guy. And that's why people don't be like, Oh wow. You're always commenting. You're always adding value. And that's why you attract good people. They're like, wow, I want to be connected with this guy or I want to add value to this guy. That's very cool. Yeah. Great.
0: uh, Great idea of just, you know, commenting valuable information. I mean, you know, there's, there's, talk earlier of uh, Instagram moving away from likes and just, yeah. you know, trying to force the comments aspect yeah. of it. And that's what adds value clicking yeah. a double clicking a picture or something, you know, or yeah. clicking like on LinkedIn just doesn't really do anything uh, yeah. for engagement purposes and find more about you. And so yeah. I, I appreciate that that's what you're doing and that's uh, how you're growing your network. Yeah. Um I mean- it's just
1: consistency.
0: Yeah. Consistency. consistency for sure. I've met several high performing individuals and that's, that's the, the main thing that they say is consistency and that yeah. that's what will, will get you where you want to go. Uh, so what is it? And this can be personal or business, but what is it that excites you about the future?
1: I mean, change, right? We're talking at a time when there are lots of protests and stuff And, you know, same thing with me. It's all about moving forward as a society, that I want to move forward as a society where people don't have to worry about these things, right? They don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. certain interactions with certain groups of people and all that. And, you know, just removing stigmas attached to people, because I think so many people are just judged before you ever get to know them. that that they're judged by their education. They're judged by where where they grew up. They're judged by where they live and i want to that's sort of like the mission of no degree like don't judge i you, you know you never know how much your car mechanic knows about dinosaurs or history right just because right. they're a car mechanic and you also don't know how little your doctor knows about everything else right so don't right. it goes both ways right that you have these people who are, are very smart but sometimes they're like they can't change a light bulb and then you have like, these other people who are so knowledgeable i remember like one of my business partners he was at like he was buying. He was at the grocery store, and he's talking to the meat guy. And this guy was talking for like twenty minutes about all these different certifications and all this stuff he was working on. And he was the butcher, right? It yeah. was just like, I, I really want that, where people really look inside. They look past the person that they're willing to sort of take the conversation a step further, because you just never know who that person is. Absolutely, uh,
0: that's that's a great message, and uh, you know I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and then. Finally, I don't want to take too much of your time. You know, you talked about how
1: I got we're all time. limited in time. <laughs> I look, I look, I make time for especially podcast hosts, because I know how it is. So I got time. you right. got questions, I got time.
0: Well, I I don't want to take too much of it, but I do want to ask you, you know, one more question that I, I typically always ask. What what is your personal definition
1: of the word hustle? Moving forward and just learning that you can hustle whether you have your own business, whether you're at work, even in your personal hustle and your friendships. Like for me, it's like I apply it to all aspects. Like, so my friend, I'm known as the guy that brings everyone together. So for me, hustling in terms of friendship, I'm always texting, reaching out, always making the phone calls. Because so many people neglect that, that they're always looking to meet new people that they forget the friends that they grew up with. And then five years later, they're like, wow, you got a kid that's three years old. Well, that's your <laughs> fault. You should have called him. You should have called her. So hustle in terms of friendship, right? Helping them out, making sure that, hey, how can I improve my friends? Hustle in terms of your personal development that it's like, hey, do am I doing the things? Am I reading? How many people do you know that, have, that haven't have touched a book in years or they just don't read, right? They It's, it's just – or they don't consume knowledge in some format, right? right. That they, they just sort of, hey, I'll watch Netflix. I'll play video games. I'll be very, very passive. So And it's about really self-awareness that growing as a person that I'm the – a different person than I was when I quit my job. I'm a different person than I was when I founded the company. I'm I'm a different person today and I'll be a different person next year. And that's okay. But hustling is just about, hey, improving yourself, changing the way you think, changing the way you look at things. And it's a lifestyle. It is, and it can come from any. Like I've seen people who work at jobs, right? And they hustle, right? They're always looking Mm -hmm. to improve, make things better for whatever they do. So it's just someone who's really looking to just make changes, not passive right? It's, you have to be active. You can't be a yeah. passive hustler. You have to be like someone who's hustling. They're on the move. They're doing the next thing. They're always on. You want to talk to them. They have this passion and energy about them, regardless of what they do. That That's, in my definition, a hustle.
0: Awesome. Being active. I love it. Not not yeah. being passive, for sure. I, I think that's a, a great explanation of hustle. Uh, so where can people find more information out about you? So
1: the if they want to, reach out to me directly on linkedin and i think you'll include in the show notes uh, my name is janaed j-o-n-a-e-d last name i-q-b-a-l uh you can find the podcast on no degree.fm so check that out and i'm on several platforms you search up the no degree podcast and then the website is no degree.com uh, you know i'm creating content i'm focusing a lot more on content just different life skills like my, there's some financial advice on there some negotiation advice sales advice so that's where you can, and I'm pretty accessible on LinkedIn. Yeah, very,
0: very true. I, I checked out your website, and I do love all the articles and things that you have up there. Uh, but I want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to speak to me and uh, to my audience, and grateful for all all the value that you provided today.
1: No, thank you. I mean, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for any of the audience members who are listening. I always appreciate uh, podcasts.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Well, I know my audience has gotten value out of this because I've gotten value out of this. So I encourage you to take this and get out there and hustle the day. Thanks for listening to the hustle the day podcast all the way through. I really appreciate that. I just want to let you know that I help small businesses with their online strategy. So if you or anyone that you know needs help with their online strategy and owns a small business, I'm your guy. Go ahead and connect with me at Trent V. Bray on Instagram or trentvbray.com.